0: everybody, welcome back to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co hosts Dennis Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, boys? Doing Pretty good good. Doing good. good to see you. It's been a while. It's been a long, lonely, 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 lonely time. All right. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know what? Um, we haven't had a show in a while, so we can talk about... Um, obviously, in Chicago, and really, I guess, around... The rest of baseball, but particularly in Chicago. Um, the hot stove has been extremely hot. I, both teams really White Sox being reworked. So, um I want to talk a little bit about that before we uh we get into tonight's focus. Um so Levi, man, what uh obviously the Cubs have made I think Yeah the Cubs, best, Cubs big, big season. flashes, yeah. Yeah. What do you make of it? Man?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, huge, huge signing of John Lester. In, um, what, six years, $150 million, I think it is. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, I mean, it's exciting to have, like, a base on the staff again. It's been a while. It's a real... I was actually really excited about getting Jason Handel back. I, I mean, I like John Lester, and he's a great pitcher, but you need, like, you need three or guys. You know what I mean? Good team, your three or four guys have to be good too, and so I, I think with Arietta and Hamill now, the Cubs are
0: towards building a better picking staff.
2: I remember you really lamenting the loss Hopefully, of Hamill. Arietta
0: wasn't fluent No, what's that?
2: Levi, I, I really remember uh, you r- lamenting the loss of, of Hamill uh, back in the middle of the season, and <laughs> and and so I was oh, really yeah. happy for you when uh, right. uh, when they yeah. got him back.
1: Yeah, Even yeah. more than Lester. I, I, yeah,
2: right.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> well, no, it's like, man, I, when someone gets that kind of gears and that kind of money, I'm always going to be hesitant. I'm always going to be. I was the same way when we sent Soriano. And so as a Cubs fan, it's like I've I've been here kind of before where the big-name guy with the big money contract doesn't work out. So I'm just kind of like I'm, I'm going to ease into it like it, you know, at the middle of the season, if he's like still pitching like a stud and his record's awesome, I'm sure I'll have like the Lester jersey or that I'll be on the bandwagon. You know what I'm saying? But. but,
2: but actually, the thing is, you don't even need to worry about that. You just need to get to the postseason, and that's when you know Lester's going to show up. Yep. And, and uh, you know, if, if he gets a couple crucial wins in the postseason, it's all worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he he knows what he's doing in uh, come October. So. uh so, yeah, I, I would feel good about it, too, man. I mean, like, with um, him, Arietta, Hamill, you know, drops off a little bit after that. Um, and
1: they're, they're going to be thrown to a new catcher. We signed, is it Miguel Montero?
0: Yeah, right. We traded for him, right? Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, so that'll be interesting to see because Wellington Castillo, while I think he's a decent young catcher prospect, I think, you know, he doesn't have a veteran presence behind the plate that you need, I think, with pitchers.
0: Yeah, the thing is, with me, I I wasn't I wasn't terribly crazy about the uh, the Montero trade when I first heard about it because I think Wellington Wellington Castillo is um, I think he needs every day at bats. You know, I mean, yeah. in order for him to really develop, he's going to need to be out there every day or just about every day. So yeah. the veteran catcher bringing that in was kind of a head scratcher to me, particularly when you know he's um i mean he doesn't have Lester money, but montero's you know got a pretty high salary um he had a really good year in Arizona about two or three years ago, and uh they you know they brought him uh they or they or they rewarded him for it so uh, it's 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 a lot of money to take on for a thirty one year old catcher but at the same time. Um, you know he could he could bounce back and uh you know he could be an all star and i don't
2: I don't think that theo epstein is 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 really willing uh to wait for a catcher to develop at this point I know Congrats. he's he's promised not this next year but the year after but it really sounds like they're they're making enough moves that uh they could they could seriously contend for a spot in the playoffs next year so if that's the case then yeah how long do you wait for your catcher to come around
0: yeah. Yep. Uh, to me, the Cubs also need another outfielder. You know, I would have... Uh, the, the 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 crop of available outfielders is going to start to thin out relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I would I would jump on that while they can. Hopefully they can maybe get, get that deal done before Christmas.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the, I'm not going to say it was... You know, I'm not going to say you turned out awful or anything by any means, but the last time I did this to try and, like, nurture a young catcher... Was with Giovanni Soto, and that didn't work out. Hmm. And so I think that may have left kind of a bad taste in like the the Cubs' organizational mouth of you know trying to work with a young catcher. And they gave him basically all of last year Castillo. Yeah, I mean Baker Baker didn't play a ton for the Cubs, right? And so I I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with with the catcher thing because they they were talking about maybe doing a platoon like battery in
2: them so yeah. well and you do you it's always do important. to an extent
0: throw every day i'm sorry jonathan
2: go ahead with catchers you always do kind of have somewhat of a platoon yeah. you know whether it be you know three games on one game off yeah. or four games on one game off so uh it will, it'll be interesting how exactly that is split up I mean
0: Montero will have to get most of the time. I mean he's making like 11 million bucks a year, you know. You I mean think, so, yeah. Yeah, so well, yeah, you're not going to put that guy on. The I, I I
2: still think that you know managers are more likely to go with the hot bat and the guy who's uh you know he they, they don't care who's getting paid what is if, if but if, well, yeah. if the catcher's calling a good game then then he's going to yeah. give him a better chance.
1: Right. If well if Wellington tears it up in spring training, it'll be a really tough decision. That'll for be America. interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean. Then, well, I don't know what type of deals will be available, like in you know March. But I mean, you got Montero for three years still. If you might look into trading Castillo, then you yep. know what I mean. If his yeah. if his value starts to peak, you know everybody yep. everybody wants a good young catcher. So, mm-hmm. yep. especially one that can hit a little bit. So, yeah, you know it, you might you might look into trading him if uh, if he if he does really pick up the pace in spring training or at the start of the season. Yeah. So. Yeah, good stuff, man. Like I said, I I still think the Cubs need an outfielder, but, I mean, they made the biggest splash, really, of the offseason so far. Um,
2: Too bad they can't get Milky um, Cabrera. Yeah, Milky Cabrera.
0: (laughs) Milky Cabrera. (laughs) Right. right. The names just, the hips just keep coming, man, on the South side. I uh, just, we've really transformed the team. Um, I hope it plans out, or hope it pans out we we've gone from being a really young team now to being a veteran team, like almost within the last two <laughs> weeks, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, because just cause I, I didn't think that was the direction we were, we were going to head in. You know, I knew we had some money. Um, there were a lot of contracts that came off the payroll, Canerco done PV um, you know, so a lot of money was freed up to spend this year. And I knew they were going to spend some money, but I, I didn't really expect anything like this. Um, you know, I knew they would improve the bullpen. And I knew that they would probably um, go after uh, a DH. So um, now, you know, I mean, we've we've added really five kind of key acquisitions. You know, we've got Samarja that we traded for, which is going to be great, I hope. Uh, Robertson, which is kind of a, uh, you know, a little bit of an iffy contract. I don't know, four years, $46 million for a reliever with one full season under his belt. Um, could be a bit of a risk, you know. Um, The guy threw well last year, certainly. I mean, I think he he almost had 30, 40 saves, I think, particularly also big shoes to fill. You know, Mariano Rivera retiring and then you got to go in there. So, you know, following up the best closer of all time. Um, That's got to be tough and he definitely played well. And he wasn't the Yankees weren't that good last year. You know, so he wasn't really on that great of a team. Um, And he's only 29. So I'm hoping it works out. Um, and then Adam LaRoche we got, which who's kind of been one of those late bloomers, you know, Adam LaRoche, mm-hmm. I think is like 35 or so. And he really didn't, he's one of those guys that really didn't get good until he turned 30. Um, you know, those last couple of years in Washington, he's been tough. And then I think he was with, um, played for the Diamondbacks for a little while and he was, he was pretty good there too, mm-hmm. but it took him, you know, he's a guy that it took six, six or seven years in the big leagues before he really took off. Um, And I think he can, you know, he's a good defensive first baseman, so I would be, I I hope they, um, you know, have Abreu still get some time at first base, Mm -hmm. but I think it's attractive because you can swap those guys out, Abreu and LaRoche, at DH and first. You know, Abreu's defense isn't that great, but you know his bat is just his bat speaks for itself. Yeah. So uh but at the same time, you know, I don't want him to totally turn into a DH quite yet.
1: You no, know, I don't know if the, I don't no. want that
0: to happen when he's 26, Yeah, I think go. Yeah. 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 Um in a few years, sure. So I, what I – from what I've read, they're going to try to go with like um having Laroche play first base like twice a week. And then and then, you know, other than that, it would be a Brayu at first and Laroche at hmm. DH. Hmm. So so yeah, um so hopefully Laroche two-year deal, you know, nothing crazy. Um and if he if he puts up the numbers like he did in Washington, it'll be it'll be a really good signing. Um yeah. and then uh also uh we got, you know, we got Melky Cabrera. Uh, um so so that's that's a big acquisition. Um you know, he's a guy that uh, didn't he get in trouble a few years ago? Didn't he get popped?
2: Yeah, he got popped when he was on the Royals.
0: Yeah. I think he got popped when he was on the Royals. Mm-hmm. Okay. I knew that he had served out a suspension. Hopefully that's behind him. Um, he's only 30. He's one of those guys that I thought was older than that. Um, and he can hit. You know, he hit 300 last year, and he's got power. You know, he'll fit in really nicely with a break in the lineup. You know, I mean, that's a real going to be a real moon. Uh And then our other acquisitions was we got this guy um, who actually used to be a starter. Milwaukee converted him to a reliever last year named Zach Duke. Uh, you know he's a veteran player oh, as Pittsburgh, well. Yeah. Like when the Pirates weren't any good, I knew him as being the only guy that was worth a shit on the Pirates. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like before the Pirates got good yeah. a couple of years ago, yeah. right? But then like he went to Seattle and like you know yeah. he he didn't really he didn't really pan out. And then in Milwaukee last year he looked really good. He was you know probably one of the best setup men in the National League last year. So you know hmm. we spent a lot of money on the bullpen. You know I mean you got you got two guys in your bullpen that are going to make between them, you know, they're going to make like 17 million bucks next year or something like that. So, so yeah, that's a big investment in um an area that has a lot of that undergoes a lot of change every year. So that's why I'm always nervous about the bullpen contracts, you know. Yeah. We got we got Duke for 3 years, you know, he's I think he's like 33 something mm-hmm. like that. We got um and then we got we got Robertson for 4, you know, at 29, I'm a little, you know, I'm less anxious about that one. But I mean, Case in point, new team, man. You know, we're, I mean, like I thought when you would have talked to me like, I don't know, two months ago uh, as the World Series was wrapping up, I'd be like, yeah, you know, the Cubs and the White Sox are probably going to try to fill it out, kind of see what they have. You know, they're going to get a couple acquisitions, but we don't know who. And then it's like, you know, just Mm -hmm. just, they uh, they really they've you know, they're the two teams that um, particularly the White Sox that have made the biggest splash so far this offseason I know the Dodgers have made a lot of moves um but uh yeah it's it's just it's I knew we were going to be active but I had no idea it was going to be this active it really caught me by it's surprise and it wasn't surprise so it's interesting so we'll because, see how it goes I mean I think uh, I think it it vaults us into wild card contention
2: well I would hope so yeah 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 if it yeah if it I didn't I definitely I thought... think the
0: wild card is within reach
2: yeah, if you Oaks. aren't contending for the wild card, yeah. then then people are going to start questioning these moves.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's just going to raise some eyebrows, and I I think the Cubs could could. I I mean, I said a couple months ago, I think the Cubs will finish 500 in 2015, and spent money like they want to finish well above 500. So yeah, so yeah, you know, I I think the Cubs could uh could the Cubs could could flirt with the wild card in the National League. You know, I don't think it's it's you know, totally out of bounds this year.
2: No, and it's interesting because, in a way, Theo has kind of taken the pressure off of him, uh, where, yeah, Yeah. he's already said, look, we aren't going to contend for much next year, but, yeah, in a way, he has kind of set him up to contend, and that's where you might catch uh, lightning in a bottle, uh, much like you saw with the Royals this year, where... Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people did think they were going to contend, but they always let people down and then they weren't contending and then the pressure was off because they weren't contending and then they took off and and just um uh you know, took the playoffs by storm. So I I think Theo kind of has that in mind for the Cubs next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, you know, another outfielder and you know, the 4th and 5th spots in the rotation are going to be a little shaky, but yeah. You well know, that's I mean, what
2: that's what spring training's for, and that's where you hope, you know, some guys step up, um, whether it be from the farm system or a veteran that you didn't think still had anything left, uh steps up and, yeah. and is a role player. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. We I mean the the Cubs do have a really good pitching process who a lot of people weren't really thinking who the big this but maybe next they season after, so it would be it'll be interesting to see how he does this spring because I'm sure they throw him out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, you might as well. Well, man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Now, the Royals, I want to talk about before we um, before we shift over to music. Um, you know, you had a team that you know was one win away from the world from capturing the World Series, and you haven't really been that active other than no. getting Kendris Morales. No, who, I don't no. know if you've seen that guy over the last couple of years. Keep that guy away away from Gates's, all right? When he gets to Kansas City, <laughs> yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Hopefully,
2: hopefully Billy Butler he showed up didn't... in Seattle. About yeah, you know, Billy so was. I, a... I don't know, man. Go ahead. Billy Billy was a big fan of the uh, uh, of the barbecue joints around town, so hopefully he didn't leave uh, you know his his maps uh, to all of these uh, barbecue hopping. Uh, establishments, uh, so so Kendry's can you know continue rehabbing that knee and uh, that, that he busted up a few years ago, and uh, you know yeah, in a way they yeah they replace Butler with 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 Morales and Morales is basically a cheaper Billy Butler and not quite as good, um, so I don't think that that's a move that says anything about the Royals getting better or worse. I don't think uh, Billy Butler or Kendris Morales, uh, uh, you know, their their season next year doesn't hinge on either one of those players. Uh, So hopefully they, you know, they 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 can uh, pull the trigger on uh, maybe a trade um, with their pitching depth to acquire a better bat.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's I I thought they overpaid a little bit. You know, two years, seventeen million for a guy that that hasn't played a full season in a, in a little while. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. It's They had to do something. They had to get some power in that lineup. So, who knows? He could turn it around as well and, and hit 30 home runs, you know.
1: Uh, possibility.
0: Eh, it's maybe. only 31.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a long time since somebody's hit 30 home runs for the Royals, so I don't think yeah. anybody's counting on that.
0: And then, um, your rotation next year, who's going to be after Ventura and Duffy? And that is it Guthrie? Guthrie's still around?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Guthrie. Really? Um, and uh, with the gosh, with the rest of it uh, um, Is Bruce Chen still playing? No, no, no. They cut him. <laughs> um, they released him uh, late last season. Um, so, you know, they might have uh, a couple younger guys um, competing for a rotation spot. Uh, otherwise, that's a good question. Um, what comes up there?
0: Be interesting to see what the Tigers do as well. I don't know if you guys saw they got Cespedes, um a few yeah. days ago via trade.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Cespedes is not hasn't been well received in many uh, you uh, uh, clubhouses. It sounds like. Um, so I think uh, uh, the Red Sox had to pull that trigger, um, even though he produced for them. Yeah, he, he was. He was. He's a, like
1: the new Milton Bradley.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Um uh so yeah, it's it's scary for, you know, if if he's if he really develops next year, the Tigers could be pretty awfully good, but you know, when everybody Still penciled in a lot of in, talent on that team. It's yeah, old, everybody right? penciled They're in the Tigers so for good. the World They're... Series when they got David Price and that didn't work out so well, so.
0: Right. Well, they traded Porcello, right, to get him, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Red Sox right. got Porcello. Okay. Yeah, so, um, I mean, they, they had, I think the Tigers, on paper at least, had the best rotation in baseball last year, particularly after they got Price. But prized. they were paper uh, Tigers. They were paper, there you go, <laughs> yeah, there you man. go. So, we'll see, man. Uh, we'll obviously stick to rock and roll Shinsu Chu come the spring. We'll certainly make our predictions. Um, but, yeah, there's still some moves to be made, you know. There's obviously, you still got the biggest pitcher um, in Max yep, Scherzer.
2: Scherzer. Scherzer Shields um, is out there.
0: Shields is out there. Shields, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Chase Headley, Rasmus, Lowry. Chase Headley, Colby Rasmus. Yeah. There's still some talent out there.
1: Jake Peavy is still available. He's out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, But I, I would go, um, and this is coming from a guy who he didn't do anything for the White Sox. Um, you know, I would go like, you know, a a one year high salary, you know, like three. Yeah, right. He he's one of those guys you think for some reason you thought I thought he was like thirty eight. Yeah, 38, I, yeah you know? I thought he was like forty. Yeah, yeah. He came into the league when he came into San Diego. He he must have arrived pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so he's still out there, and um, you know, you could get him reasonably, I think. Yeah. And when when I say reasonably, I'm thinking like two years, twenty million. You might I was be say able to 10 get million years. Yeah, you might be able to get him for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, if I were the Cubs, I would consider it. Um, he. I, his injury record sucks. Yeah. I can speak to that. But, um, I mean, then, you know, you'd have four solid starters if you got him. And, you know, you, that, could, that could get it done, you yeah. know, yeah. pending yeah. Peavy's pending health. So, yeah. Well, anyway, well, good stuff on the hot stove. Um, I uh, always fun and even more so this year with both Chicago teams being so active. All right, Um, you know, the hot stove season is still underway The music season, if you want to call it that, coming to a close, right? Just a couple weeks left in the year And I wanted to talk to you guys about what you thought were the best albums of 2014 Um, The way we, for the fans at home, the way we set it up is each of us are going to choose, we've chosen three Um, That we're going to share with you. And then, guys, what I thought I would do is, if we've got any more, I'm going to post some of those on Facebook as well. You know, maybe like a list of six or seven or something like that. So, you know, we can have some more fun with it online, um, on Facebook and Twitter. So, um, yeah, so we're going to do three each. uh, Give a little bit of rationale about why we think these albums worked so well. And then after that, we've got a conversation about some folks who are still putting out albums and still touring but maybe they shouldn't. So, we'll get to that as well. Um, you want, I think we'll go around here. Levi, do you want to start us off with your your three records, man? What uh, what really grabbed okay. your ears this year?
1: Um, first off, the first album is an album by a band called Brownout, and the name of the album is called Brown Sabbath. Okay. And a lot of people are going to be like, "Wow, that's really weird." Well, what it is is it's um, a bunch of Latin Americans playing Latin American style music, but it's all black Sabbath covers. And that's it's awesome! A really, really cool concept for a record. Oh yeah. And, um, the singer is excellent. Um, sounds a little like Ozzy and the whole record is just full of congas and horns. And you wouldn't think it would work with black Sabbath songs, but it does. It, I, I can't recommend it enough. But I was just driving around listening to it in a friend's car like a week ago. So before we were thinking about what our topics would be for the show, I I knew I wanted that album to be the first one I chose.
0: Is it all Ozzy stuff or they do any Dio tunes too?
1: As far as I know, it's just Black Sabbath with Ozzy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: Right. The um I don't know if they're coming out with another one. I had heard they possibly might make like a second volume of it. Um, Do heaven and first... hell in its entirety, <laughs> right? You know? no, for you, Gabe, they're doing technical ecstasy, buddy. Oh man,
0: <laughs> I like that record. I like it a lot. I, I a lot it. of people don't, but I like it. I also like Never Say Die, and a lot of people hate that one. So, oh yeah, yeah. I'm the okay later,
1: though. the later Black Sabbath. A lot of people, a lot of people hate it, man. Divisive. I, I don't yeah. agree. Yeah,
0: I don't. And, um, I, yeah, I like them too. Anyway, so
1: yeah. My second pick was an album by a guy named Sturgill Simpson. Oh yeah. And he is a new, I say new country artist. He plays basically country music that kind of reminds me of like outlaw country days.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, the first thing that really drew me to him was he was playing on, I think it was like a PBS or Palladia or one of those music shows. And I couldn't see the TV. I was like in the other room. I could just hear the voice and so I was like, "Man, it, like, it, do they have some like old country western guy singing?" there. And so I like w- went yeah. around the corner. Yeah, I, you know, like Merle Haggard and Waylon had a kid, is what it sounds like. <laughs> and um, it's just excellent music. Um, I can't think of the name of the album. It's like meta, metaphysical, Met-
2: meta modern sounds. Uh, meta modern um... sounds in uh something in country music yeah yeah yeah
0: it's it's a sergeant peppers like (laughs) yes it's a very long title um,
2: which he gave a great explanation of in an interview on npr yeah
1: that that really
2: shows he's not your run-of-the-mill country old or new artist i mean he's he's serious
1: yeah it's yeah it's almost as if like like i said like merle haggard and Waylon took a bunch of acid (laughs) And then like cuz like some of his lyrics have to do with there's like a song about like turtles or something yeah, yeah. Like. and it, he's got a different spin on the old country sound which yeah. I, which I like cuz it's it's not just a rehash of someone trying to sound like, you know, someone who was in the outlaw country movement.
0: And you do you've had a few of people over the last few years in country music who in my opinion have tried way too hard to do that. Yeah. Just my yeah. opinion. Um so he is he would we would call him transcendental outlaw country music <laughs> i guess
2: yes i've really liked how he has uh he's very vocal sturgill is uh, uh, uh about the current state of uh the country music industry and he's posted on his facebook and he's he doesn't hold back when when he when people criticize yeah. him for saying goddamn on on conan he's 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 right there to explain oh, yeah. exactly why he says goddamn and why he can't say goddamn. Well,
0: yeah, and It's hard I,
2: to believe people are getting upset about that. Yeah, like, right? are these
0: people? Well, and, <laughs> it's like, like, old people know. in Branson or something <laughs> upset about it? I don't know. Well,
1: and, and we need more people in modern country music like him yeah. and less people like Brad Paisley. Don't get me wrong, I like Brad Paisley as a musician. He's a great guitar player. But in a recent interview... He was quoted as saying, "Nashville songwriters are all awful now, and they need to write better songs." And it's like, man, I agree with that to an extent, but there's loads of other songwriters you could be picking their songs from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't gotta you don't gotta pick a songwriter from Music Row to have a hit song. Right.
0: Try writing some of your own songs. Exactly. Too. <laughs> right, right.
2: Right. What yeah. a novel idea. Yeah, and and has Sturgill, been been. Uh, um, critical of, of Nashville. And, and that comes across in some of his, uh, some of his lyrics, um, being critical of Nashville and music row and, and the industry. And then, you know, of course he, he got nominated for a Grammy, uh, last oh, week, yeah. but it wasn't that. for the country, uh, categories for, uh, the Americana Amer- category. Uh, which he, uh, I think, um, was also critical of that idea. Um, I didn't know that
0: they even had that category. Yeah, no, Americana, yeah. right, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it's basically for real country, not not, not pop country. Cause, sure. Yeah, the country category, I mean, that's pretty much the Grammy saying country is pop, and yeah, what right. was country 30 years ago is now Americana.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, just to follow up my point, I, I said that there's there's kind of some outlaw pretenders out there right now, in my opinion. Like people that kind of like you know they toe the line, but then you know they they put out music that I think can be a little a little contrived. You know, I'm thinking about people like Jamie Johnson, people like um, Zach Brown. You know, I mean, I I just don't buy it. You know, but yeah. Sergio's the real deal. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, he, he he has. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to say like a street edge to him, but like he has more of an authentic feel to him than those yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. There's no filter. Uh, There's no filter on him.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Buddy of mine saw him in Chicago a couple of weeks ago and said it was phenomenal. Just a yeah. killer show. Nice. His band is just really tight. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, the show was sold out. They, they played at a newer venue, uh, a smaller place called Thalia Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, which just opened within the last few months, mm-hmm. and um, so the, so it sold out. So he said that just the place was really rocking. So nice.
2: yeah, yeah, he was in KC uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I couldn't go, um, but uh, he he remarked uh, while he was down there that he was he was glad that he he quit his job on the railroad for four years to uh, uh, at age thirty or something like that to pursue his music career, and this is where it's gotten him. Um, uh, granted selling out a venue of 300 people isn't a lot, but it's significant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And obviously he's a, he's a rising star, so
0: you can make a living on it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be curious to see how big he gets. I'm curious to see how big he gets because, he doesn't seem like the guy. that's kind of like built for arenas. You know what I mean? Like no. I don't see that yeah. happening.
1: He's not Garth Brooks, yeah, no.
0: but yeah. But he'll, you know, he'll he'll start to his audience is going to grow because I, I think a lot of people who might not like a lot of country music will would probably dig him. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I could yeah. see
1: him selling out like
0: pageants and Riviera. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him moving up to bigger theaters. Definitely, mm, yeah. I think that that might be like a year away. You know, yeah. I mean, that yeah. might be closer, yeah, right, right. So.
1: Well, so yeah, for happens. my third pick of the year, and I'm going to be totally honest, I'm an old hermit classic rock and roll guy. <laughs> and so if you didn't notice, one of my first picks... Levi, was, how was
0: Uriah Heep's new record right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, another... I've had it since uh, Black Friday. This came out on Record Store Black Friday, and it's limited edition. It was only available that day, and it's called The Stone Side of the Mule. Oh, Okay. And it's Government Mule doing all Rolling Stone songs. They do Under My Thumb, Monkey Band, Heartbreaker, Paint It Black, Angie, Ventilator Blues, and Shattered.
0: And it's good excellent. choice with Ventilator Blues.
1: Yeah. Um Jackie Green is on here with them as well. There is a saxophone player. I'm trying to think of the guy's name.
0: Is it Ron Halloway? Steve Elson is the guy's name. No, Steve no, no. Elson.
1: And it's even Matt App sings a song. There's like a, a picture of Matt singing. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's a really, really fun record. And in response, I guess this is like, was kind of tied in. They're releasing either this week or next week, A Dark Side of the Mule.
0: Yeah. Oh, and really? It's, it's going to be
1: the the Mule doing all Pink Floyd songs.
0: So, really? Yeah. Yeah, two of my favorite
1: records are new bands doing old bands music. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't want to harsh the buzz on the mule guys. All right, Um, and I'm sure Levi's right. It probably is a really fun record, and
1: definitely has a lot of
0: repeat value. You know, you could. It's not some of those cover records are really fun, and I I listen to them a lot. To me, like they they play too many covers. You know, like if if you go see them live now, half their set list is covers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really think their new material's that strong. That's just me. Well, yeah, well, what I is it know. that you
2: want, Gabe? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously I want it to be 1999 again. <laughs> right. but, yeah. um, right. Prop up Alan Woody. And yeah, have you right. Family. I know we can't do that. I don't even know. who's. How's the Swedish guy? What, 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 right. what is his name? When, yeah. when I,
1: uh, I can't. It's like Carl's or uh, what is it's it? Like a, it's like
0: a, so, a Jor- son Jorgen. with two S's, you know.
1: Yeah. Jorgen, Jorgen Carlson. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <so> anyway. God, <laughs>
1: yeah, the motherfucker can play
0: bass. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I have. In I
1: have They were excellent, but it was like one of those things where it's like the venue and the band and the the time all came together and made it, was, it really fun. It was a good atmosphere. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure it was like the best setlist I've ever heard Government Mule play or anything. It's really hard to fill Alan Woody's shoes, and they're trying. They got a, a bass player and a keyboard player to try and do that. It, yeah. Yeah. Right. River, right. I, I will agree. They kind what of. What else have, do they do? Yeah, after he passed away, they kind of transitioned from a band that did a lot of new original music to. It's like Warren's trying to keep the band alive, so they become they all they, those guests too. They right, the deep more, end of the yeah, mule, yeah. 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 yeah, they've always they've become like a party band. I almost want to say yeah. like there were so many young hippies at the at the show. I had never seen that many like young head people at, at a government mule show. And it was yeah. like they must be kind of one of the trendy bands. Like everybody used to go to Mo, or everybody used to go to Humphreys McGee, or String Cheese. Cheese. Yeah. It was like there was a bunch of young hippie kids at Government Mule, and it took me by surprise.
0: The audience has gotten more granola the last few yeah. times I have seen them.
2: Actually, I think I think I'm going to bring up the Mule later in the show. Okay, uh, when when we uh, discuss uh, uh, mm, the next topic, yes.
0: fascinating. <laughs> All right. Jonathan, what about you? Uh, give me your, uh, your three favorites. And again, I want to tell everybody, I don't know if these are the best or not. They're just our favorites. Right. I kind of shy away from the term best, you know?
2: Right. I, I, um, you know, I, I feel really fortunate and listen, being able to listen to RDO most of the day while I work and code and I get to find a lot of new music and, and, uh, uh, this year, I mean, tons of stuff, uh, woods, temples, generationals, uh, Gosling, Gosling is, a, is, a, is a really great record by, um, Gosling is a, uh, uh, uh Austra- Australian girl, um, uh, woman, uh, that, uh, uh, she sounds like Leonard Cohen at times. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. um,
0: She's been smoking unfiltered cigarettes yeah, since she
2: yeah. was four. <laughs> yeah, well, right. the, the songwriting structure, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. Um, uh, Alt-J, uh, Sergio Simpson is definitely on there, St. Vincent Merchandise. Um, another great uh, South uh, Brazilian band. I think they're Brazilian, uh, Banda Domar. Uh, it was also uh, really great. Um, sure. but South
0: America, like Levi mentioned, and then you mm-hmm. mentioned they got some kick-ass bands down there.
2: Man. I uh, probably about forty percent of the music I listened to over the last year was from South America. It's mm-hmm. it's it has an amazing scene down there. It does. Um, yeah, I'm great. actually in the process of learning Portuguese now, so I can understand what they're saying. Right. <laughs> 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 um, but um, but my top three. I'm, I'm going to cheat and uh, uh, say that I have a tie for number three. Um, and King tough and Mac DeMarco, um, ah, okay. uh, King tough off, the, off sub pop, um, kind of, a um, a glam band that makes you like, want to like strap on roller skates and go, just go like terrorize the shit out of the neighborhood. Um, uh, nice. and, uh, uh, it's, it's really, um, uh, uh, it's 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 kind of garage rock glam. And you dig them, Levi?
0: They're they're, yeah. they're pretty good. I've I've heard it nice. too. It's they're on Sub Pop. It's, yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll have to check them out. Yeah, T U F F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T U F
2: F. Um, and uh, they came out uh, on a really productive weekend uh, uh, in September with the same day as Goat, uh, the new Goat album came out, mm-hmm. and um and the new Alt J came out that same day. Um, so it was pretty good day uh mac demarco um yeah. uh pretty pretty that's talented funny. dude a, a weirdo man <laughs> yeah.
0: have you heard the, have you heard mac demarco levi yeah. uh, he's like this this kind of stoner slacker dude that's like yeah i don't know there's kind of like an early beck influence a little bit yeah at yeah, time. yeah good kind call. of in his attitude at least yeah like like
2: Beck. like uh what is this uh stereo pathetic soul manure yeah, yeah right it's like yeah. that it's yeah.
0: definitely like that yeah you dig it it's he's he's pretty funny too. I'm,
2: I'm concerned about him. I just hope he's like still alive in yeah. a couple <laughs> years. Right. Um, he, he got arrested at his own show uh, <laughs> so. uh, a couple weeks ago when he was, uh, he just like everybody, it was a small joint and he was like climbing the rafters with everybody <laughs> else. And he climbed into the um, all the way into the upper deck or not the upper deck, but the balcony and um, where he was promptly, I guess he was arrested and they took him outside and he's like, Hey, I'm the performer and And they didn't they either didn't believe him or didn't realize that he was the performer when they arrested him. He's like, "My band is on stage right now, so you need to let me <laughs> back on there." <laughs> um, uh, it's he's. Yeah, I mean, he's hung from the rafters and had a thumb stuck up his own butt at, during the show.
0: <laughs> so he's got a Gigi Aline vibe going on, right. too. Uh... Have you ever heard of Mickey
1: Avalon? kind of sounds a little bit like yeah. Mickey Avalon. <laughs> yeah. <type of> thing.
2: <laughs> but he's really, I mean, he, he writes some great songs. He, yeah. i um, uh, uh, really, really excited about him. Um, but I just hope he like doesn't take it too far, you know? Um, <laughs> he's uh the the pitch, pitchfork has a nice uh, uh piece on him a uh, nice feature piece on him uh that i recommend checking out on their website um uh my number 2 album is uh the doe uh this and and this is uh total geekdom because i actually traveled um i was in paris a couple weeks ago and uh this is only available in paris right now oh. and uh we oh. we oui, oui. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and and the Doe is is kind of um, uh, uh, you know a bit of an electro pop indie band um, just uh, primarily the uh, the guy and the girl and um, that they they have three albums and their second one uh, I was is probably one of my favorite uh, releases of uh, the last few years uh, called both ways open jaws and their new album came out in Paris in September and uh, I kept waiting for it to become available, and in and, and, uh, and actually, it's not available in the U.S. until January, so this will probably be on some people's top 2015 release list, ah. but I'm so on top of it that it's on my top 2014 Boom. releases, I see. and I'm not just putting it up there um, because I got it. I've listened to it like 12 times uh, over the last week, and it's definitely worthy of it. Um, it's uh, some really unique music. Uh, it's, it's as close to... I mean, it's definitely not full-on dance music, because I'm not real, real big into dance music, but um, it touches upon it at times. And sure. so that's it's something different. Um, I can handle that in limited yeah. doses.
0: You know, right, like right, the, right, right, right,
2: right. I mean, it's really creative songwriting. Um, really creative. Um, so, yeah, The dough man. Check them out. It, uh, uh, it, they're from uh, uh, Sweden or, or Finland and Paris. One of them is from each. Um, so... Uh, yeah, that's number two. And then number one, uh, which uh, I think uh, this will segue into your list, Gabe, uh, is know. The War on Drugs, uh, Lost in the Dream, yeah. and uh, this is uh, the much-anticipated uh, follow-up uh, uh, to their Slave Ambient album, uh, which was literally in my car for uh, three years uh, uh, without removing it from the CD player. Um because they sound awesome in cars. For some reason, I think the War on Drugs sounds like amazing in a car. <laughs> um, but you know, when I got this, I, I didn't know what to think um, because it, it takes a little bit for the War on Drugs to really develop uh, as you listen to it. It's so textured and, and um, in depth uh, that you know a, a couple listens isn't going to do it. it. They're almost like Radiohead in that sense yeah um uh, the though drums. they're not as technical as radiohead by any means um sure. it's a different approach uh uh is what i'm trying to say and uh, a bit you know a bit more of an elongated approach where where it's you know kind of wispy guitars and and a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of reverb um but uh i mean it's the songs on here are epic
0: well thanks guys good choices all around um and you know I share one of Jonathan's selections, the war on drugs um i've I've been pretty uh pretty transparent how I feel about this album this whole year. you know Levi's probably sick of hearing Jonathan and I talk about it all the time uh but hey man when you're good, you're good, and this is the record that really, in my opinion, kind of cements their status as like one of the best bands playing music right now, you know um as Jonathan had mentioned you know their this is their fourth record um yeah. Yeah, they're fourth. Is it is it fourth? Yeah, there's future weather is before.
2: Oh yeah, that, that's kind of like a. It's uh, kind of like an EP. EP
0: yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. yeah so okay, yeah. F- three and a half. Yeah, right, yeah, three and a half. Sure. And you know, they just this one they really just hit it out of the park. They really kind of it seems like to me, um, kind of figured out really who they are, you know, as a band and what sound they're going to have going forward. Um, so it's just such a beautiful record. It it just flows so well. From start to finish. Also, one thing they do really well that I don't really care for in music is rock music. They use the saxophone really tastefully, Right, right. You know, and they they play it live, too. They've got a guy on sax, and it it works really well. Um, And when I say I don't like the sax, like, I don't like it, like, in an 80s regard. Like, I love, like you know, Bobby keys and spotlight know, like,
2: on the saxophone, right? Spotlight on the sax.
0: You <laughs> so, know? Yeah. so
1: your nightmare is like the, the saxophone solo from old time rock and rolls just yeah, like yeah. over and over and <laughs> right. over
0: that or the guy, the, the shirtless guy in the lost boys doing the saxophone <laughs> solo. He's even though he's doing the call, he's playing a call. So yeah. I yeah. still believe, but yeah, that guy's <laughs> anyway. um, So the war on drugs, you I haven't really been this, this excited about what a band can do since probably my morning jacket about seven or eight years ago, probably right around 2005 when they put out Z, you know, it's like, wow, this is, this is these guys are going to become one of my favorite bands and the war on drugs have definitely done the same as well. Um, also, you know, and you don't, I don't know, you don't see this as much as you used to, um, Adam, and we can't figure out how to pronounce his last name. Um, he tears up the guitar, man. I mean, he's he can he he's can He's got live. some chops. Yeah, he always plays the Cyclone too, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. He likes he likes the Cyclone, so um I've always liked the sound that those have put out and he gets um he gets really uh he he gets better with, you know, every release. Um also, you know, as I mentioned this earlier, you know, their first record had Kurt Vile on it and you know, they lose a key member and then like both parties become better. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that that often. Like mm-hmm. Kurt Vile leaves, and you know, just puts out a couple great records, and The War on Drugs, um, you know, do the same. So it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty talented circle of people there in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, um, my other two favorites. Um, this is a band that actually I read recently on Facebook that they just broke up. They just played their last show in Brooklyn um, a couple weeks ago. And it's a band called Yellow Ostrich. Um, they've put out about five records. been pretty prolific. They've put out about five records since 2009. And each one, I've heard them all on RDO, and they each keep getting better. Their last one was really good, too. Um, but their record, Cosmos, um, I think is a really strong record. Um, it's very, and this is kind of a generic term, it's very eclectic. Like, they've got Spanish guitar on some songs, and then other songs are really just kind of gnarly and rock. Um They've got a connection to I don't know if you guys have heard Bishop Allen. They've got a connection Mm -hmm. to to that artist as well. Um, So I'm sad that, you know, they're they're not going to play anymore. But uh, they left us with a really, really good LP that I think everybody everybody should listen to. It's one of my favorites. Um, And then my my third act is, you know, someone who if you would have told me like a year ago, this person will put out one of the best albums of 2014. I'd have been like, I don't think so. Um, I really like the, I I should say, I really, really like the Lana Del Rey record, Violence. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I thought like her last album was okay. You know, it it wasn't necessarily my thing, but this album really just, you know, it's one of those things I was listening to it at work and it kind of made me just stop what I'm doing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just so, it's so gorgeous. Um, It's very moody. You know, it's kind of got, like a noirish feel it's yeah. kind of like an updated mazzy star you know it's got that feel to it she yeah. worked with dan auerbach on it so she's like you know she didn't know he was herself on with good people i'm sorry what's that i didn't know he was on there yeah he produced a few of That's the tracks cool. yeah um so you know i'm really excited about what she's gonna do next and it's well written you know the lyrics are like kind of tongue-in-cheek uh but the 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 uh the music is very moody though so it's uh, it's an interesting approach um and I guess she's doing a big tour this, this summer she like like amphitheater so yeah. uh that'll be interesting because I you know I don't know um don't know if this album really translates that well to like seeing her at riverport you know or tinley park <laughs> to me it just seems so much more intimate but um I wish her the best because it's it's a great record, man. It, it's good as good, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean? it's There's, really well produced. Doesn't matter what yeah. doesn't matter what somebody did before or what they're what they're gonna do next, man. A great record's a great record, you know. and yeah. she, she pulled it off, so it's got me excited about what she's gonna do next. Yeah. Um, well, now when the last portion of the show here, um, I want to talk. There are some veterans who put out albums this year as well, um. And a lot of a couple of the Rolling Stones' top ten, top forty or fifty list as numbers one and two. So I don't know if that magazine's just trying to alienate anyone who's not over fifty-five in their in their reviews. But with 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 some of the veterans who released LPs this year, um, you know, Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, Neil Young, which not news there. Neil always puts out music. ACDC, The Smashing Pumpkins, and um, my favorite punching bag, U2. So, um, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about given this output of music among these these artists. Um, is there anybody that's playing right now who you think should kind of just call it quits? Um, we're kind of entering uncharted territory for rock and roll. You know, people are pro. People are some people are in their seventies and playing. Um, and sometimes maybe it's not necessarily related to age. It's just the quality has declined so much. Um, uh-huh. and you've even have some people now, you read interviews like Eric Clapton said earlier this year, that it's becoming physically harder on his body to tour anymore, you know, to, to be on the road, to do that many mm-hmm. shows. So you have people like kind of owning up to it now, like, Hey, I'm old. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting old. Um, and you know, the end is near. So I wanted to ask you guys if there was anybody that you thought should just call it quits today?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say The Rolling Stones definitely could hang it up. Um, Bruce Springsteen, I don't know if he really should still be making... No. I mean, I, it's one thing to be outplaying your old songs. I don't know a new album and like try to be like, yeah, these are new songs and we're really... Behind them, and we It when someone's I don't know to me been around that long, you know. I mean, it's like really Bruce these these eight song, songs or whatever these that you these eight are the one you really proud. Forget all well, the other ones. I,
2: I, I think if if you're asking if you're asking Bruce to. Uh, to hang it up then then you pretty much have to ask anybody uh over uh, over the age yeah. of 60 because if anybody's been at least puts on a helmet a- uh, between his shows and between uh and his, his songwriting I think his his songwriting is as close to um what he was it's uh, granted it you know he's not going to have um the magnitude uh he's gonna, not going to make the impact that he made with uh, Nebraska or Born to Run uh, but he's there's still going to be a certain level of quality there with with Bruce, um, and and I mean, his shows are his new music intense. is better
0: than most artists of his age. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So if if
1: you're asking yeah. if you're asking show, Bruce to stop, then you yeah, have to ask everybody to stop. Then, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want him to stop performing. I just it's hard for me to buy established artists' record been so long like I think the last Stones record I owned was maybe Bridges to Babylon, and I don't know that was like early 2000s or late 90s. I don't remember when it was.
0: I would argue they they haven't really done anything like worth running to the store for since since Tattoo You, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, right, so, right. yeah,
2: Yeah, it, but it's funny because I'm I'm a bigger fan of Neil Young than I am of Springsteen. Um, I know more about Neil Young than I do Springsteen. Uh-huh. And but I'm more likely to listen to a new Springsteen record from the past uh, seven or eight years than I am, a Neil Young record from the last seven or eight years.:
0: Neil um, Young gives you plenty he's prolific. I mean, you'll, you'll get two <laughs> records a year still from Neil. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah, that are pretty diverse.
0: <laughs> and, and not all of them are going to be good, and you know, if you're releasing yeah. that that much music at this age, like i I, I respect him for still having the desire. To make new music. I think if anybody what...
2: follows the muse, it's, it's Neil Young. And for better or for worse, he follows yeah. his muse exactly. for that particular yeah. week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm more supportive of the idea of what he's doing than the music itself, you know. Like, right. right, right. His tenacity. I mean, like, yeah. You have so many other bands that, you know, that don't put out new music at all. And they, even if they do, they don't play it live, you know. They, they don't change their meanwhile,
2: sound. Meanwhile, Neil will record an album of all new material and go tour on it before sure. it's released. Yeah. So nobody's heard any of it unless you yeah. manage to find a bootleg.
0: He makes his own rules, man. Oh, the dude's got balls. <laughs> yeah. Well, the artists that I'm going to say should probably hang it up, and this is difficult for me to say this because they've been an important piece of my life. I don't see why the Who, the who other than just to, just to make money. And I, I don't see why they're still playing. I don't get it. Pete Townsend said that it's not really even that enjoyable anymore. Oh, yeah, he hates it. Yeah, and That's that, it. you know, ever since Keith died, he hasn't really, and I'm paraphrasing him a little bit here, he hasn't really, like, felt it, so to speak, yeah. you know? Um, and then you have Intwistle, um, you know, pass away, gosh, it's been 14, 15 years now almost. Yeah. Um it's getting there, yeah. And they've toured extensively. I mean, I, I've passed up. I've lived in Chicago for over ten years, and I've passed up the opportunity to see them probably five or six times. You know, um, I just and I, I don't see. I don't. I, I guess I just don't get the point anymore. Um, especially when they're not doing anything adventurous live. I mean, you could yeah. say that about a lot of other bands I listen yeah. to, like the Stones, Kiss you know they should hang it up and you know you could you can make arguments there as well but with the who yeah. to me like they're the ones that meant the most and are doing the least right now and when i say least i mean like least quality yeah that's me
2: yeah i it's it's interesting because uh you know townsend is in uh, daltry uh, I, I don't know who's in charge of the new app that they're working on but they are Open to news the to the technology and what that means to yeah. uh the music and how it can uh, help the music evolve and the the idea of music consumption and how people consume music uh so there is an awareness on that level of uh yeah. of those two guys and, and how it can affect their back catalog i guess
1: um, well yeah i mean i I want to say I read an interview somewhere that Like, Townsend doesn't need the money, but I guess Daltrey does, and they kind of have, like, an old gentleman-mates agreement, like, hey, if you need the loot, I'll go out on tour, and we can play. (laughs) The clock's
0: ticking. There's not much time left with those two.
2: Well, and, 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 you know, Daltrey's done the solo tours, uh, right. yeah. uh, While Townsend, I don't think I don't know if he's ever done a solo tour, in at least in the United States, maybe a, a benefit show here or there. I
0: don't think he's ever done. I don't think he's done like a full fledged tour, right? At least recently. Right. Yeah. So uh,
2: at the end of the day, yeah, with with that, you're going to get you know a kind of a greatest hits tour pretty much every time, unless they're doing right. Quadrophenia in its entirety or right. Tommy. Right. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, you talk about how we're in uncharted territory. These guys still got to pay the bills. They so, do. They do. Um, even if
0: they're even if they're rich, you have to stay rich. You know exactly. what I mean? So right? You know, yeah. Level, yeah. A certain level you're accustomed to. I mean, yeah. like with the Who and the Rolling Stones, maybe not the Stones as much, but with the Who, it's probably like, well, you know, we, I own like, you know, like five homes. Like I, I've got to, you know, pay the bills. Whereas, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, if it's, if it's somebody like the Marshall Tucker Band or Nazareth, like they probably have to be on the. road. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a little different there um, for some other other veteran artists. You know, it's out of it's out of necessity. Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, I guess with, you know, the who it might be out of necessity as well, but it's it's to continue to live an opulent lifestyle, you know, whereas with with whoever's in the Marshall Tucker band, I think just the lead singer Paul Riddle now, like. It's probably just to yeah. just to pay, pay the bills, bills. Yeah. and there's no shame in that, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, what else is he going to do? You know, he doesn't have a law degree. He's you know sixty something years old.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I guess you start to question, like, you know, what what's the cutoff for original members in the band? You know, you look at Leonard Skinner, and they've got Gary Rossington, and I think you could almost qualify Ricky Medlock as just because he played with them before, yeah. before he, he formed Blackfoot. But you know they're kind of the quintessential, like, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Garrett, one guy and a bunch of hired hands. Yeah. they're yeah. the two that are left. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So and and, and but if you think, it, and it just brings up the question of, you know, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to to tour under a band's name and to tour while you have nothing new to say? Um, and is there right. sh- is there any shame in, in being a jukebox essentially? Uh, I think, uh, you know, like anything, there's a big gray area there. And with some bands, you expect more out of their tours, and some bands you don't expect as much. Um, But if they're willing to play, then that's great. That's better than being dead.
0: Yeah, people show up, people pay, people have a good time. Yeah, well, um... and it's almost that way with,
1: you know, with a baseball player too, man. If if a team's willing to give you a one-year deal, you know what I mean? And you're at the twilight of your career. A lot of guys are going to oh, take yeah. it, and, and you're still you're still doing what you want to do,
2: right? Yeah, and it's not always about the money. Sometimes it's just like you yeah. know they get addicted to being in that dugout, or they get addicted to being on that stage, and being you can't argue with that, oh, yeah. or, you Absolutely. Know? You can't argue with that. Probably, at all. it's
0: probably really lonely, you know, when when it when it ends.
2: Yeah, um,
0: I'm sure, like Mariana Rivera is probably just like pacing, or like Jeter is probably just like pacing around the house <laughs> right now, you know, like. You know, um. So yeah. Um. But yeah, there's uh there's kind of a lot of Jason Giambi's in rock and roll right now. <laughs> still, still hanging yeah. in there. Brian right. Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Latroy Hawkins. The wow. Troy Hawkins is forty-one, dude. He's still playing.
2: No kidding. I don't
0: know if he's under contract wow. right now, but like he hasn't officially retired, to wow. my knowledge. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think Ricky he Henderson is still uniforms, saying that man. he's he's ready to sign with somebody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hend- Hendrick- Ricky Henderson's like, I haven't officially retired. He All hasn't. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't. I don't
2: know if he ever officially retired.
0: Well. Yeah. Oh, well, Julio Franco was like 48 when he, and, you know, he took a few at-bats probably, what, three, four years ago? Right,
2: yeah, there was a question yeah. as to whether or not Jamie Moyer um, he would, last he would year. play as
0: a 50-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Moyer, yeah.
2: Yeah, that would be cool. I would yeah. like to see that. Uh, you know, uh, Gordie Howe did that uh, in the NHL um, uh, where he played, yeah. I think, five yeah. decades, was it? Uh, he played so that he could yeah. play in five different decades. Granted, he I think his last decade that he played, it was for a minor league team or the WHL or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these guys just kind of, like, love to do that stuff. And yeah. it's, I mean, yeah. it goes without saying yeah. initially, yeah, but I, I, uh, yeah. later on down the road, it's, it's easy to forget that, you know, this is all these guys have known since they were, you know, 12 or 13 or 14 years old
0: it's unique when you yeah. see someone who can walk away from it early without any qualms, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm switching to football for a second, like Barry Sanders, you Barry know,
2: Sanders, like, Jim Brown. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. you know, he left at his pride. Yeah. 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 It's weird. But yeah. I kind of respect the guy for saying, you know, this, I, you know, this, this doesn't have to be the rest of my life. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, I'm for people doing whatever they want to do. I just think that, um, in the in the case of the Who, the qualities suffered. Quite it's a bit. it's more romantic for us,
2: right? It's more romantic for us, the consumers of what they produce, when they do it, when when they step away, when they're still on top. Granted, we don't want them to die because yeah. then it's like Jeff Buckley, and you're really bummed about it, or Shannon Hoon, or something, and yeah. and you sure, think uh, of what could have been. Yeah. But when they let's say that they like produce eight albums and they're all really great uh, or really good, uh, and then they step away, there's like a bit more respect for that, even though it's like. Uh, the alternative is is them like still producing music, though it might not be as good. Uh sure. So you know it, it's 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 definitely sure. a different viewpoint from our perspective sure. than it is from their perspective.
0: Pete Townsend is not going to write the equivalent of a song at sixty seven, sixty eight that he wrote at twenty five. You know, it's just. It's just not going to happen. You're but, in a different headspace,
2: and it, he's know? in different Even headspace, and we are, headspace. are in a different headspace. You know, it's different times, and think about you know how music has changed since you know like Quadrophenia came out, and you yeah. know, let's say that all of a sudden they just released Tommy, it wouldn't be as big or was well received as it was back in the sixties and seventies. No, it
0: wouldn't be an event like right. it was then. You know.
2: Yeah, there's a time and place with all of that uh, creative production.
0: Well, good points guys um, I think we're going to wrap it up there we're at about the hour mark here so I appreciate everybody everybody listening and uh, don't forget to like our Facebook page uh, follow us on Twitter as well Rock and Chew and um, Rock and Chew rockandchew.com is going to be up rockchew.com so we're working rock, on Rock, rock, chew. Com. rock chew. Um rock that's r-o-c-k c-h-o-o dot com that'll be up and running um you know so we, in you 2015, can check us out on soundcloud yeah. what's that yes in 2015 you can check us out on soundcloud you can check us out on um on itunes YouTube. as well youtube yeah we're everywhere so we're living in the 21st century there are just multiple ways to get yeah, your vice, fill of us write us a write us a letter if you have to yes, that's mine Yeah, that's fine too yeah carrier carrier pigeon um so so yeah but anyway it's been fun guys i will see you next time and um keep up the good music and have a good holiday you too